right. Everyone hit that clap. Mm. Hit that clap button. Beautiful. When, when the podcast is beginning, and then the, the button that says clap on it, and the hand blurrily clap, reaching clap. for it. Clap, clap. Because yeah. everyone knows. Just, oh, go ahead. How does a cold open work when we have someone new? I don't remember what happened when we did that with Jade. Do we just talk as though like the audience knows and then introduce after the cold open? I, uh, he he needs no introduction. Everybody knows who Ian Perry of uh, yeah. Madison, uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, uh, king of sex floor, freshman year is. King of sex floor. I don't think I was the king of anything. Mm. He was recently crowned posthumously king of sex. The king. The Who was House. the king? Uh, Who was the king, everyone? Akshant? Matt. <laughs> Akshant was the prince. Matt was the Matt bridge. Was the bridge. <laughs> Matt was the bridge. <laughs> Matt was the bridge. Um, Alright. Let's just change that. Alright. It's peaking a little bit. A light amount of peaking. Now I'm back to good stuff. It'll it'll adjust as you. No. If it keeps peaking, it usually self adjusts. Okay. Gotta love audacity. No, I mean if it's doing that for me, because I'm I'm I'm. Although that was a negative three, that was probably a little high. <laughs> You're fine. Don't mess with it. It'll work. All right. I can fix right, it in I'll... post. Perfect. Oh God. <laughs> I love to hear that. That's that's the inside joke, Ian. Is that there's absolutely nothing fixed in post. <laughs> we say cut that out of the final edit, and it's left in, including the part that says cut that out in the final edit. I mean, isn't that isn't that part of the whole? Uh, ow, what is that? That's part of the whole thing. Yeah. A podcast gold. Be- yeah. Ian getting injured. People like to see what's behind the curtain. Yeah. Apparently. And then all of our transitions used to be like songs, and now they're just pop songs sung by us in between segments. So come up with a pop song that you want to sing when we're transitioning from one segment to another. Pop song. Okay. Yeah, that's what we do. Okay. I gotta, I gotta start looking up lyrics so I don't make up my own. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I read? In um, Lose Yourself, Eminem says, snap back to reality. And then Midwesterners think he says, oh, there goes gravity. But apparently he says, oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Doesn't it sound like, oh, there goes gravity. He is a Midwesterner, though, so that very well well could be. He's from Detroit. That's not quite. Wow, Detroit's not a part of the Midwest anymore. It's not like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ope territory. No. I've never heard your dad go, oh, no, <laughs> let me squeeze it's... right on past you there. Yeah, it, I feel like their accent's more like Michigan, Ohio share accents, although... Yeah, a little little rusty, rust yeah. accents. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, damn it, it's the automotive, it's the industry belt, although I guess all of Is that... Is that what it's called? Belt. It's called the industry belt? I don't know, it's industry something. I think it's the rust belt. <laughs> Yeah, but that makes it sound the, old. That makes it sound because old. Because it is. Because it is, Ian. Sounds <laughs> because mean. the automotive companies have left. No, they didn't leave. They're still. Yeah. Some of them are still there. Yeah. Some of them are still there. No. And Detroit is totally thriving, just like it was when the automotive industry was thriving. 
it's I mean the automotive industry is still there it's just not thriving like it used to <laughs> that's why it's rust belt I still the Japanese and the Germans man I still can't believe the cars ch- I still can't believe how many abandoned factories were in Gary Indiana yeah that's what I'm saying all you have to do is drive through Gary Indiana to know why it's called the rust belt it is real depressing <laughs> just yep. pure rust as far as the eye can see yep Gary Indiana give us money <laughs> I think we that was a ringing endorsement of Gary Indiana. Yeah. I didn't say anything about we it. We need their sponsorship. There is nary a cent to be gained from I... that endorsement. I mean they have abandoned factories to give us. We could probably do something fun in there for a couple of days. Sound we could stages. Some cool videos. God. Google image Gary Indiana. It's bad. <laughs> Seem, this, this seems all very mean. I'm going to remove myself from making fun of this place on the off chance I'm, that... I'm honestly not making fun of it. I'm honestly just impressed by how insane it is. Wow. Oh, dear. Come a long way since uh, The Music Man, when, whenever that musical came out. The Night Man? Oh, my God. Was that really in Gary? No, but, like, that's where the guy's from, and they, like, uh, sing of it, like, really praisingly. Like, Gary, Indiana, center of the Midwest, like, center of Midwestern music, and now it isn't. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Did not know that. Gary, Indiana, what a wonderful name. Name for Albert Gary of judiciary fame. Gary, Indiana, as a Shakespeare would say, trips along softly on the tongue this way. <laughs> Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, not Louisiana, Paris, France, New York, or Rome, but Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, my home sweet home. What is this from? The Wikipedia it's the page? the Music Man. Oh. It's the Music Man. You don't know the Music Man? 76 trombones? The 76 trombones sounds familiar. Mrs. Librarian? trombones led the big parade and 110 cornets right behind. Yeah. Is this like a Midwestern thing that I just missed? It's like Footloose, if Footloose was more about marching Footloose. band stuff. <laughs> okay, I saw Footloose. Yeah. I mean, Music Man's more of a classic. Like, it's from wow. the golden age of musicals, not the, the 80s. Footloose, the Footloose <laughs> age of musicals? Yeah. Footloose. Mm-hmm. Voluntary viewing. Sunday shoes. Uh, I, I think this is where the intro would go, yeah. I really need to learn our theme song better. Nah, you're fine. Although my waveform was remarkably consistent. Hey! Do-do-do-do. Oh, God. 
Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Viewing Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that just fucking hates Gary Indiana, you piece of shit. You, oh. you are the chosen one, and this is what you become. Oh. You're supposed to be the chosen one. Today on the podcast, we have the hunter of elk, Ryan Holtz. Hello. Me, the lover of women, Lucas DeRyder. What? And new to the podcast, the one, the only, sovereign of the moon, Ian Perry. Howdy. I'm pretty sure that went to someone else sometime earlier. Really? You got to work on those titles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sovereign of the Moon went to Andrew or something. Oh, did I, I do Man Sovereign of the right? Sun? Damn it. Ian's the Sovereign of the Sex Floor, I thought we... The Sun. No, I, I'm, I'm going to take the Sun. I feel like I'm going to need to be more ambitious here. Yeah? You're going to mm-hmm. be the King of the Sun? Yeah. It sounds more ambitious than Henman, Ho- Henman House. What would you um, even... What would the King of the Sun do? I don't know. Chill. Like the, the king of the moon can like have civilization and like prosperity. The king of the sun cannot be on the sun. But they could have unlimited power. Could they? <laughs> I mean, how would they harvest that power? I feel like if you're the king of the sun, you'd have figured out a way. Are you on the sun as the king of the sun? Because you're dead. Well, I mean, I feel like if you're the king of the sun, you could probably live on the sun without dying. Oh, so we're getting into like supernatural shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're far we, beyond we, science at this we point. We were on the moon. That's already supernatural. Yeah, no one's ever <laughs> been to the moon before. So, we all know that. Okay, mm-hmm. do people who think the moon landing was fake think that man has never gotten to the moon or just that that particular moon landing was fabricated? I think it's split. I think that there's some people that think that it is physically impossible for us to have gotten to the moon. And there's some people who think that we probably could have, but it's it would have been way too expensive, so why that we didn't, you know? But then, like, it has since been proven that it would be way more expensive to, like, film it with that type, the technology that we had, than to actually just go there. So that second group is kind of... I mean, in a way, they're more logical, because they... Wait, like, they film it on, like, a back lot? That's what they... Well, yeah, and the whole Kubrick thing, and, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the conspiracy theory. But, yeah, no, like, the, the type of lighting that would have been required, because, as you know, Ian, the sun is a gargantuan, gargantuanly large source light, and so when you get that, you get very specific types of shadows, and in order to recreate that sort of lighting, it would have cost, like, billions of dollars in, in, those, in, those, in those days. So, yeah, no, with the technology that we had, it actually would have been easier to send people to the moon than to fake a moon landing convincingly. <laughs> That, um, you know. Yeah. So, I think it's, I think there's two camps. And one camp is just, like, kooky, like, nah, humans can't possibly go to the moon, even though we fly rockets all the time and (laughs) fly airplanes and, like, a million other different things. But I guess in a way that they're, since they're just denying the base fact, they're, I don't know, they're they're less debunkable. (laughs) It also seems like such a, like, stupid hill to die on at this point. Like, it... I, I, I don't know what, like, substantial change is caused by whether or not this actually happened at this point. 
I think people just like to think that they're in the know. Like conspiracy theorists like to think that like they know something that people don't, you know? Like that everyone else is just following and they're just sheep and they actually know the truth. They've been woke, you know? Yeah, like whale bones so. on the beach are actually Sasquatch bones. <laughs> yes. Not Harmon heard that Town. one. Oh, no, it's it was a made-up one. So I, I listened to Harmontown, which is Dan Harmon's podcast. Mm-hmm. And my favorite dude on the podcast, his name is Spencer Crittenden. He was actually in an episode of Community as um, Annie's, sis, or Annie's brother. Oh, that, like, yeah, comes, that guy. Yeah. He's awesome. And he, Yeah, he's, he's really great on the podcast. And they were talking about like how conspiracy theorists can literally just... Like they were, he was talking to a flat earther. Another guy was talking to a flat earther, and he's like, "I want to have him on the podcast, not to mock him or anything." And then Spencer goes, "Oh, I'd mock him, yeah. <laughs> like just." And he's like, "That shit is dumb." Like, and, then, and he's like, "Literally, with those conspiracies, all you have to do is just say anything. Like, literally, tell me, tell me a conspiracy, and I'll make up a reason, and it end up being like Sasquatch bones are like they say they're whale bones on the, on the beach, and they hide their dead." And, it's just a great clip. I can send it to you. It's but really what fun. about the swing gate theory, where if you swing yeah, a gate and for it's Earth. for it's, I think it was the guy was like he put the cam or two cameras at different points on the gate and was like, look how much faster it looks at the end of the gate versus the beginning of the gate. Therefore, how could we have a round Earth? I think <laughs> yeah. that I think was his 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 answer. Um, at least he's curious. Unlike people who are just like, yeah, the Earth's flat, and then just, like, <laughs> that's it. He seems like he's trying to prove things. He believes in mermaids. It's the hey, ice wall that know. creates perspective. Yeah. You never know. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, partially because we did the podcast later this week, uh, later last week, currently doing this one on August 19th. Uh, and also because slower news week, do not have a ton of news of the week to go over. So, yeah, um, I imagine a lot of that will end up going to, uh, talking about the group chat, which, Ian, you saw sorry to bother you, right? I did indeed. All right, then we are going to spend a lot of time talking about that today. But before that, news of the week! We live, we love, we forgive and never give up. What is that from? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. It is it cherry something? We love, we forgive and never give up. Is this a song title? It's by Super Chick. Huh. Be- from the album Beauty from Pain. I, no clue. Yeah, no, that's fair. Jason Jason always sings that song. Mm. Or he always used to. Mm. It was great. So we got a re- new Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. Mm-hmm. RD2. What do you guys think about it? Because I'm in, like, a weird place. What what's, what's a weird place? Like, I recognize that this is good. Like, it's probably going to be a great, terrific game deserving of all of its praise. But I'm just like, I don't know if I'm in the mood. Did you play through Red Dead 1? Um, I played, I think, half of Red Dead, uh, Red Dead 1. Do you know the ending of it? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, like, his okay. kid comes in and just smokes the people who betrayed his, be- uh, his dad. 
and that's really cool. That's a fucking great ending. But I also that ending doesn't really matter for Red Dead Two because it's a prequel, and I think yeah. that might that might be a part of why I'm not like super. Here we here we fucking go on it. Yeah, I'm pretty low down on Red Dead lore. Is are there characters from Red Dead Two that go on to be in Red Dead One, or is it just brand new cast? I, I think it's most of them are uh, characters that like members of the old gang that you meet in the first game. This is them as they're younger, running around, and then you play as a new guy that people haven't really heard of, uh, or you didn't hear of in the first game. Okay. So he's he dies. <laughs> Probably. I mean. I mean, he could, like, just go off somewhere or something. I don't know. Just do Maybe. his own thing. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it looks really pretty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know, I don't know how the game will turn out, but, I mean, I don't know. There's There's been some blockbuster games that I've thought would be a much bigger deal than they were, and I'm curious if this one actually ends up being, like, the big current game, like, GTA-level craziness you know in comparison with like i don't know far cry 5 like just kind of you know it came out it was pretty big it was pretty hyped up for like a couple weeks and then everyone just kind of moved on yeah haven't heard much about it since was it considered good far cry 5 i think so um i don't think it was considered bad really really fun to play kind of a lackluster story that um if i remember correctly like set up oh this could be about a lot of stuff but then they kind of mm. cop out on a lot of it, and even like, oh wow, this could be like a big critique of cults and like that kind of thing, that psychology. And then like you get to a point in the game when it's just, oh, they're just using mind control gas on people to form their cult, and oh yeah, it oh. yeah. I mean that's how cults do it, right? Mind control gas, <laughs> Windex and uh, bleach. Not complex, taking advantage of human psychology, just, mm -hmm. like, gas. <laughs> Windex and bleach, I'm telling you. I... Yeah. <laughs> Mustard gas, is that how they do it? I think I'd really like a sim-style game where you, like, try to start and manage cult. Like, I feel like that could... That'd be fun, right? Like, am I crazy, or would it be, like, interesting just to have a game to see, like, if you could do this? I mean, you just do it in real life. No, that's true. <laughs> real life simulators. If you're really interested, yeah, hmm. go to go to r slash outside, and you can get all sorts of tips. Um. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then we have a new Battlefield Five trailer from Gamescon, and bum, 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 bum. no, this one is this one's a much better song. <laughs> this one's the. the this one's what's it called? Um, the house oh that dirt built. Yeah, the house of rising sun. Uh, the house of rising oof. sun. Um, so that's a better song than Seven Nation Army. At me. Well, what if? Well, but is it better at pumping you up and hyping you up and making you excited to play the new game? I think it is. I. Oh. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical, but at this point, like a Battlefield Five trailer seems kind of superfluous to me. Like, I watched the trailer. I didn't see anything that wasn't, like, totally fucking out there for a Battlefield game. And it's just like, well, I mean, anybody who was going to buy this game, like, already was going to regardless of this trailer. And I just don't think it was, like, 
convincing to anybody who was a pass on it or indifferent. Well, what's like a big selling point for the game that would be for people who didn't play like Battlefield 1 or something? Or like what's like the new big feature they're trying to advertise? Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not trying to advertise it, but that's the new big feature, right? That's their play for new new players. Uh, yeah. I, I think... I don't even know if they've like hard confirmed that it's going to be in there, but it, it's going to be in there. Yeah. I don't know. I th I feel like I feel like it needs to be there just because Battlefield One had such a sick launch trailer with the Seven Nation Army glitch mob remix, and mm -hmm. it was just really cool. And it came out the same time as the Infinite Warfare trailer, and they just so clearly like the torch had been handed from Call of Duty to Battlefield, and because everyone just <laughs> hated the Infinite Warfare trailer and loved Battlefield One, and so now Battlefield Five trailer came out, and it was just kind of like quasi gameplay weird cutscenes. it wasn't super cin cinematic and it didn't have a crazy soundtrack so then they came out with this trailer which was like all right here's the launch trailer for battlefield one battlefield five trailer mm -hmm. yeah so fan service yeah i think it makes sense but the battle royale map in the upcoming call of duty game is going to have locations from all your favorite previous places in call of duty games because that's what you want in, like, media, right? For it to remind you how much you like other stuff? Yes. Yeah. Nostalgia. I mean, pre-sold. Pre-sold properties. Pre-sold is what Hollywood and all of entertainment is nowadays. <laughs> all about that pre-sold. And speaking of Hollywood and all that entertainment, uh, Ryan, you want to you wanna tell us what uh, dumb decision Netflix has made? Well, it wasn't dumb because clearly no one was watching, but um, Michelle Wolf and Joel McHale both had talk shows on Netflix, and they were both canceled after their first season. Um, clearly, they didn't really find an audience. There was a lot of viewer complaints that it just didn't work on Netflix. Like, there was no way, there was no regularity at which, like, they could expect to tune in and, like... They were dropped at weird times. Eventually, they started packaging Joel McHale's show into, like, five-episode dropped-at-once type stuff. And it was like, isn't it supposed to be, like, timely? Like, that's the whole thing. And, like, I, I know a lot of people for Michelle Wolf were like, I love Mich Michelle Wolf, but she didn't really carry, a, like, a talk show all that well. She wasn't, like, a Samantha Bee or, a, you know, John Oliver. One of, one of those, like, they, where they kind of... They carry, like, the weight of a weekly talk show really well. They said she was more, like, comedy-focused. So, I don't know. They, they both seem like they didn't particularly succeed, and I'm curious if that means that Netflix is going to start moving away from that type of content. So They've, yeah, they've struggled with getting, like, a weekly content out for a while now, right? Like, going to go super into my nerdy shit, but... I know that uh, people, like, hate it whenever they acquire the rights to an anime because of releasing it weekly like every other platform. They wait until, like, all of the episodes are broadcast and then dump them all out at once, by which point everybody's just watched a pirated version of it anyway. Yeah. No, they, they definitely have an interesting problem with their distribution because that's been their business model, has been to drop everything all at once instead of, you know week by week 
So it almost has to be like issues on a production level, right? Like they are just not used to doing it that way, or what do you mean? I mean, the the show producers definitely are used to delivering that way. I think it's just Netflix wants they feel like binge watching is their model, so they want to drop it all at once so that people can just literally watch through the entire thing all at once. Hmm. So I don't know, but yeah, for like weekly content, especially like talk shows. That doesn't make any sense. No. Like, you, you, it has to be timely and relevant. Otherwise, what's the point? So. You want to see things when they're fresh. You know. Total, well, kind of a tangent, but um, I hear Disenchantment, uh, Matt Groening's new animated fantasy series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Kind of a bomb. Yeah. It did not get very good reviews out of the gate. No. Got our rough start. Although... Still, I'm going to check it out. That's fair. I think... Um, I don't know. It didn't I, look I, particularly I th- good to me. <laughs> I think the common complaint I'm getting is that like each of the three main characters kind of swap between being like two or three different characters on Futurama. So it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of consistency in like how any of the characters act or just what their personality is supposed to be. It's is probably it least... just the animation style confuses people because it's literally just Futurama yeah. animation. Is it like f- funny though? Like, did people think it was funny or? Not in the reviews I've seen. <laughs> no. Oof. Not Cause... so much. So. No. Yeah. I'll try it. Yeah. I'll give it a try. See how far I can get. Yeah. We've only got three episodes out, right? Uh, or no, no, they did drop them all. Never mind. I thought that you, yeah. Yeah. I know they, they dropped all ten. Yeah, I th- I think the the one I saw uh, the reviews I saw were from like the uh, they drop reviewers like seven episodes and then let them write articles off of that. But yeah, I think all ten are out by now. Yeah. Mm. Although there's no more reviews for Netflix, like you can't post your own comments on whatever shows. I have no idea where you would get to the user reviews section of Netflix. To be honest. So. Do they still let you give the stars, like whatever out of five? Yeah, uh, that's for you. Yeah, that's that's for not for everyone else. Everyone misunderstands what the star ratings mean. What what do the star ratings mean? It's, for... it's like Netflix's best guess at how how well they think you'll like the 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 series or the movie. Not not like the collective mm-hmm. what everyone rates it. And then they everyone can rate... thinks that what it is, but really it is like recommended for you or not. Yeah, and then if like you. If, if, if they see a show, ha- or if on your Netflix it says a show has four and a half stars, that's not a collective average of everyone's ratings. That's based on your ratings of everything else, if they think it's going to be good for you or not. Huh. Yep. And then they'll so. recommend shows to you based on what you like or have binge watched or whatever. But they don't really say that, so everyone just assumes that Universal. Like, it's how good it is. Yeah, a collective, um. collective rating. So, huh. yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to film. In the greatest controversy in the history of cinema, a dispute has emerged between the band Smashing Pumpkins and Smash Mouth. Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins claims that they were offered to score the movie end credits for the first Shrek, while Smash Mouth persists that they were always going to be the ones to score the end of that song. 
Well, I thought they had said in the article that they, the studio, um, I'm blank, DreamWorks had offered the ending to Smash Mouth, and then Smash Mouth kept turning them down, so then they went other places, and then eventually Smash Mouth said, oh, we'll actually do it, because that would be a good decision. That's what Smash Mouth claimed. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins claims that, in fact, they were asked first to score the end of that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's also the credits. Like, isn't All Star the Shrek song? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm a believer. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's definitely number two, but I mean, All Star is like the Shrek song. So, like, it's weird that the controversy is over the the monkeys cover. <laughs> oh man, has any has any member from the monkeys commented on this yet? Are the, any of the monkeys still alive? I oh that. I couldn't them? name a member. I couldn't of the name monkeys. a single member. Yeah, so I don't know if they're alive. I Davy Jones, he died. Davy Jones is dead. <laughs> um, Michael Nesmith, uh, he's alive. Michael Yay. Nesmith is alive. Pewter. He did guitars. Mickey Dolenz on drums. He Pewter. is also alive. Peter Tork still alive. Peter Tork still alive. All right, so everyone but Davy Jones, which is a kick-ass name, and he was the singer. Wait, no, he was guitarist. Wait, who was the singer? Did they all sing, I'm guessing? No, no, it said British actor and singer Davy Jones. Yeah, but it says he does guitars. He, he might play guitar and sing. So they're like Beatles, where they all kind of yeah, mix in. Yes, like they Michael. are exactly like the Beatles. I mean, that was what they were yeah. conceived as, right? Did you guys know they had right? a TV show? Really? Yeah. They did? That's pretty great. It is... They really went for it, man. Yeah, it's pretty much every like '70s cliche, whatever rolled into rolled into one. Uh, the one episode of it I saw was that uh, Davy Jones's rich uncle passed away, and the only way he could get the inheritance is if he uh, and the rest of the band spent a night at his haunted mansion. <laughs> what is the monkeys? <laughs> what happened? Something great. Something great. Someone was like, hey, you know what we need? A monkey's TV show. We need an American version of the Beatles. That was and the Beach Boys. It's not the Beach Boys, yeah. and it's not the... We need more. That's I mean, the good. monkeys, I think, is a more direct rip, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they even have the hairstyles. They're like four four boys and all that. And then Beach Boys are like, they're like brothers and, you know, slightly different style. Four no. brothers. Two there were, there, brothers. There were five. There were five of them. Yeah, I think only two of them were brothers, though, right? Yeah. Brian Wilson. No, no, three. Oh like, yeah, it's that's three. Right. And their cousin Mike Love. <laughs> Mike Love on saxophone. Let's see, ladies and gentlemen, the musical stylings of Mike Love. Do they have? It's <laughs> not a very good saxophone impression. Well, I love this controversy. No. Also, I don't know why it's a controversy. Because uh, neither, no member of any of those two bands has anything better to do than get into Reddit fights. Is it a oh. fight? Where does it say it's a fight? I... Smash Mouth presented their side and... Smashing Pumpkins presented their side. 
doesn't seem like anyone was like, you piece of shit. We were the real Shrek band. Like, Maybe more of a standing feud, like simmering in the feud? background. Like it, it, Family feud. <laughs> like one of those unspoken issues uh, that nobody ever brings up unless something more dramatic happens. And then like that's one of the issues that quickly also gets brought to the forefront. Also, the Smashing Pumpkins song sounded a little wrong. <laughs> the one they were going to use for the end credits. I mean, maybe it's just because it now I'm a weird. believer is the Shrek credit song, but yeah, mm-hmm. I can't because this was this was in the what's it called, right? Uh, this was in the the Shrek Swamp Mix or whatever when all the characters were like singing and stuff. <laughs> so I can't imagine it not being I'm a believer, and then like having Donkey Lord Farquaad, Lord Farquaad singing uh, "Staying Alive" inside a dragon's stomach, and having Robin Hood like come back and be a good guy like for a second for the musical number stay alive stay alive ooh, what was it called ooh, was it Shrep's Swamp Mix I think so no all I'm getting is what are you doing in my swamp remix what are you doing in me swamp it was awful swamp shrunk me swamp party mix I don't know what it's called what do you I call would... it Swamp in the Shrimp Karaoke Dance Party. That's what it was. That was the end, man. That was the post credits, though, wasn't it? Huh? Well, uh, yeah, uh, but I thought it was called the Swamp Mix. No, Shrek in the Swamp Karaoke Dance Party. That's what it's called. Is is the Shrek series the reason Mike Myers isn't in anything anymore for more than like five minutes? Like, do you think he just it, took that I've paycheck and cashed out? That he's really difficult to work with. Oh, that's a bummer. Also, he does what's it called now on um, ABC? He does the Gong Show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. It's like a weird variety, talenty, weird show. He plays a character as the host, like the character of Tommy Maitland, and like he's. Everyone knows it's Mike Myers, but he's playing a character as the host of a game show. It's weird. Okay. So, but I mean, he's he's done some stuff. Yeah. He was in Inglorious Pastors. Well, yeah, but like that wasn't for five recent. minutes. Well, I mean, that's yeah. ten years ago now, isn't it? Yeah, that was almost ten years ago. And he's only like fifty-five. Like he could absolutely be in any and everything if he wanted to. But he's in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. That's coming up. Okay. It's a big, I don't know how big of a role he plays, but oh my god, yeah, no, he's third billing. It's a, it's a big movie. Oh wait, no, that's sto- sorted by star meter, so he might not be third billing. Oh, uh, that's IMDb's guess at how popular these people are. Joe Mazzello is apparently more popular than Mike Myers. Who that? Who Joe Mazzello is? Oh. <laughs> Joe Mazzello. He was in the Social Network. As Dustin Moskovitz. Is that like the third partner guy? I don't remember him very well. I don't think he was really prominently featured in Social Network. Um, Wait, he was in Jurassic Park. Yeah, I'm huh. sure he was one of the kids or something. He was Tim Murphy. Yeah, that's one of the kids. Dustin that makes sense. Hmm. He's the kid who gets electrocuted, right? <laughs> On the fence? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's him. That's that's who he is. He's he's more famous than Mike Myers, that kid who got electrocuted on the electric <laughs> fence in Jurassic Park. I mean, Jurassic Park is a big movie. It's a big, yeah. it's a big movie. Is it? 
bigger to be the kid who got electrocuted in that movie or like a pretty well-known actor with multiple popular franchises according to the star meter it's all about that electrocution (laughs) yeah man and steven spielberg get electrocuted and you bump up your star meter by 100 points that's how it Mm -hmm. works in a spielberg film though it's not just get electrocuted it's in a spielberg film from 25 years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes that's how it works timeless Timeless shit. All right. Um, do you guys have anything to talk about in the breakouts? Checking anything out? Like watching any shit? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been watching through It's Always Sunny. Although I've already seen it. I just decided I wanted to would, start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I would actually be super down to talk about It's Always Sunny for 10 minutes. Do we want to do this? Sure. Do it. Uh, Go into the breakouts. Um... Fuck, poppy song. Uh, so tell me what you want. What you want. <laughs> well, that was just <laughs> <fast>. <laughs> Not committing makes it worse. I'm sorry. He he knows the lyrics like I know the lyrics. <laughs> tell me what you want, what you really really want. So tell me what you want, what you really really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really 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 wanna say to say. Ah. That's that's that part of the song. It's basically <laughs> repeating the same shit over and over. If you wanna be my lover, yeah, you gotta fuck with my friends. No. <laughs> Always thought no. that was a weird request. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not the same. It's not that far off. To fuck with your friends and to fuck your friends. Oh, I should have said fuck my friends. Concepts. Damn it. Yeah, that'd be a little weird. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna zig a zig ah. Then wait, wait, then what's the, if I want to be your lover? What what's the request? If you want to be your lover, what do you have to do? You gotta get with my friends. What does that mean? Ooh, that's ambiguous. Does yeah, that mean? It's definitely ambiguous. I feel like that means you have to to get with her. You have to sleep with her friends. No, it's definitely not what you're saying. She's wing womaning. Just like I need to know that you're cool with my friends because my friends are my life. And you have oh. to get with them. <laughs> I, I don't know. You've got to give too. Taking is too easy, but that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. See, I know that. See. I, Slam I, I, your body down and wind it all around. Slam your body down and wind it all around. <laughs> that's I want it. That song the dominated the early the 2000s. <laughs> that song forever is associated with It's the End of the World as we know it because of the movie Chicken Little with Zach Braff as Chicken Little. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. Yep, there's that song and Wannabe. Those are both heavily featured in Chicken Little, the animated movie. Brilliant. Which is a classic. Anyways, uh, always sunny. <laughs> uh, Ian, how far are you in, uh, in It's Always Sunny? Uh, season three, almost the end of season three, I believe. Got yeah, through today. Bo- yeah, a lot of, lot of binging today. Uh, now, both of you having watched the entirety of the series, I think, and me having checked out, I, I think I've seen most of it. I, I've missed like the past three seasons, but I know, uh, I, I think I've seen everything up until then. When do you guys think it peaked, or is it kind of like Seinfeld, where it's been a pretty consistent solid for the entirety of its run? 
I think the se- the series has gotten a little different. Mm-hmm. As yeah, it's it evolved. Along. Yeah, it, it evolved on like Seinfeld. It felt like Seinfeld had a really rich vein to mine. Like they just kind of could do whatever with those characters because they were so incredible, like top to bottom, and like incredible, talented showrunners who have been in the business for forever. Whereas this show, it's just kind of always been like exploring different topics, and it went from like five friends who own a bar to five friends who kind of start to like do a bunch of crazy weird stuff and then it went to like a bunch of commentaries that very thinly veiled as like bar problems like i don't know it's it's good though Mm -hmm. i I think i think it's been pretty consistent all the way up having seen even the most recent season yep it's always been pretty great standard standard solid i'm sure eventually it'll it'll just start to wear and I mean, already talent is like kind of moving on and doing their own projects, even though they're still tentatively attached. We'll see. We'll see how this all this goes this next season. It's coming out what in a month or two? Probably something like that. That's when all it. shows premiere. I mean, yeah. As soon as the Mick takes off, the actress who plays D is just out of there, right? The Mick's mm, done, Mick, isn't it? Mick got canceled. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Mick's done. That yeah, that, so the Mick that was is the joke. Not going to take off. Well, and, I mean, that would mean leaving her husband's show. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, Caitlin Olsen and Rob McElhenney are married. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right, didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, there was some kind of half controversy about that. Because <laughs> Caitlin Olsen was not in the original pilot. The her, her Dee's character originally was um, Rob McElhenney's uh, previous girlfriend. <laughs> Recast. And then when they broke up, she got recast with Caitlin Olson. I mean, I mean, boy, it's to the so. point where I can't imagine anyone else in that role, but starting out, oh boy, okay, yeah, that that's a little I mean, shady. I can understand it. I mean, he, you, it's you don't his necessarily show. have to work with yeah. someone it's... that you would probably not promote a very good work environment, but, yeah. you know, it feels bad feel bad for everyone involved but hey it all worked out in the end right no well i don't know the name of the yeah i don't know that was originally dating rob mcelhenny yep but uh that's how the cookie crumbles uh ryan what's your favorite episode of always sunny lucas oh my favorite episode um uh i can never remember the names of them uh but i think the First, Charlie McGannis. No, what? Charlie McDennis. Charlie McDennis. Yeah, that's definitely up there. Um, the, the the one episode where the gang thinks that Charlie was sexually assaulted by his gym teacher, but he just knows that the McPoyles are framing their gym teacher. That's, that's early, Sonny. That's early, Sonny. That's that, season two, I think. Yeah. Um, Maybe season one. Yeah, it... Might be, because Frank's not in it, is he? No, Frank is in it, isn't he? I, I think he's in that one. Yeah, so it would be season two. Uh, and then The Nightman, of course, is way up there. The Nightman cometh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys have for favorites? Nightman cometh is definitely way up there. And then Charlie Work. Solid. Really like. And then, um, I don't know. Just it's, shifts. I, I just I usually like almost every episode. It kind of reminds me of um, 
back when we were rewatching Rick and Morty for the first time, and there was only like the first two seasons, and it was just like, oh my god, this episode, it's so great. And then it would just go to the next episode, and you'd be like, oh, this episode, oh my god, it's so great. And you just kind of realize, like, oh, I just kind of like Everything. every episode, don't I? <laughs> like, Yep. So that's kind of how I've figured this out as we keep playing. I'm like, oh, the gang solves the gas crisis. That's a legendary episode. <laughs> like, oh, you know. Um, I can't remember what the other one was that we were watching this morning that was like, oh, this is like a big harken back episode. So. Uh, uh, Sweet D dates. Yeah, Sweet D dates a retarded person. Yep. <laughs> That's uh, an interesting one. It is definitely, definitely. It's, it's still funny, though. I, I still laugh at it. Well, it's funny because they're terrible people. And yeah. they get their comeuppance at the end of it. Like, it's not endorsing their behavior in any way <laughs> nope so i think it's still fine to laugh at yeah uh, well and i mean like that's also it's the band the band part of that episode is also great with yeah. mac charlie <laughs> and frank dennis dennis doing glam rock mm-hmm. frank doing the beatles haircut mac is doing heavy metal and charlie, What's charlie doing like <laughs> sniffing glue no he came out his look was going to be um bob dylan and then oh, yeah. completely breaks out in the all-out, I was molested, man, <laughs> came in my spider. window. There's a spider, spider, spider. <laughs> it's like, no, he's singing about spiders and stuff. <laughs> um, Ian, uh, as you're the one currently on this journey, what uh, what do you think your top three episodes are? I, I always have problems with, again, the top, like any sort of top episodes with the show just because it's, Every time I see a new episode, I'm like, that one was so great. And then I'll see another one and be like, that one was great. And I know the last season, the most recent season, I think the water park episode was my favorite. Um, <laughs> that was a definitely, especially if you haven't seen the most recent season, highly recommend checking it out. Uh, I think it's like episode two or three, but basically the gang goes to a water park and that's the entire premise of the episode. And then just... Yeah being horrible and it's dennis being horrible and it's got D in it yep making cameos mm-hmm. from game of thrones lore <laughs> it's just it's good it's just solid oh the gang tries desperately to win an award that it's one's great way up there for me absolutely it's like they're thinly veiled poke at why they never get nominated for emmys <laughs> yep even though they create some of the best comedy on television you it's definitely have. niche comedy. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have thirteen seasons though. You would not have thirteen seasons if you didn't have a significant audience, especially one that would respect your work. Yeah. Um, Ryan, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, still, still going good. Oh man, it's really bad, man. <laughs> I literally am like, I'm doing all these side quests because it's just like. I don't feel like going forward with the main story because I just, I really do like it from top to bottom. And I feel like once I finish the main story, then I'm not going to do any of the side quests. So like the main mission has been on pause for like a week now. I haven't done a single main quest thing. I've just done all the side stuff. So but then it's real bad. But then you're just going to go into that eventually and decimate everything because you're going to be oh, way over leveled. No, yeah. My ship is like almost completely fully upgraded. Like, it's going to get real nasty when I have, like, ship battles that are supposed to be exciting and crazy, and I'm just going to wipe out everything in my path. So... I mean, that's a different... You know, yeah. That's a different kind of enjoyment, though, too, to be, like... 
Okay, maybe like the entire like rest of the game you have that would get a little like boring, but I don't know. I I think like for a glorious hour long stretch, it it'll be fun to be just a god in that universe. <laughs> that is true. Cannot wait. All right. Um, do we want to have a very spoiler filled discussion about Sorry to Bother You in the group chat? Let's do it. On to the group chat. Um, love me, love me. Say that you love me. Fool me, fool me. Go on and fool me. Do-do-do. No one knows that one either. Uh, no, I know that one. I just didn't I know say, the words. That's the cardigans. I, I didn't know the words, and I was like trying to think of them in my head, and I was like, don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> There's a video of them uh doing it live and the lead singer of the cardigans opens it with this is a song about love and foolishness <laughs> and everyone just explodes like oh my god <laughs> oh my god that is the douchiest thing i've ever heard and i love it <laughs> she definitely knew it was very tongue-in-cheek like okay we, we, we know that this isn't the most deep song ever um so sorry to bother you is maybe the best film I've seen all year. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it is definitely, like, the best piece of media I've seen so far this year. Wow. Am I exaggerating? Or where are you guys at? I liked it. I thought it was so worthwhile, and I 100% enjoyed myself from beginning to end. That being said, I have no idea if I liked it or not. <laughs> oh, wow. We have three very different opinions. This is going to be good. I mean, I don't have an opinion. It's, like, it's <laughs> literally too strange such to a review. weird, like different concept, very avant-garde-y, just going all over the place. Completely different. 100% breath of fresh air. And I enjoyed the experience. I don't know if I liked it as a movie. Um, hey, so, just quickie heads up for our five listeners to this. Uh, yeah, we're going to... Six. Probably six. Yay, we're up to six. Getting closer to the pants story. Um, yeah, normally I personally don't care about spoilers in film. I, they're just kind of whatever. But um, for Sorry to Bother You... You definitely want to go into that movie as blind as possible, and if anybody spoils the third act for you without your consent, they are a terrible person. But, yeah, we, we are going to be talking a lot about that, and if you even kind of want to see this movie, j- cut, skip to the end of this podcast, because, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um... So, how did for that fucking horseman introduction? It's uh, it's it it, it was it was a nice uh, athlete um, comparison. I think. Did you think it was an athlete comparison? I thought it was just like a manipulating the working class type thing, but. No, I get. Yeah, there there are definitely some athlete uh, flags there. I okay. Yeah, I could see that. I think it was meant to be a lot of different things, and also yeah. at the same time, not being anything other than this is the story. Mm-hmm. Like with when they explicitly state, like maybe they're literally just turning people into horses, <laughs> like horse people. 
Yeah, you know. Oh, so I, I think so it was meant to be true. everything while also just being respect the story. Like this is this is good, you know. So, yeah, I I wasn't as shocked because I was very every, every everything was very uncanny valley from beginning to end mm-hmm. in that movie. So I was like, yeah, I buy this as part of this show's universe. Like a bunch of weird stuff has happened so far. So yeah, know. but. I had nothing. You had some information going into the movie that you knew it was going to be kind of out there. I knew literally nothing. I was like, I know Lakeith Stanton, and I'm good to go. That that that's what I went in knowing, and um, I thought it was a good experience, good twist. I thought I was totally taken aback in that scene. I thought this was going to be more of a superhero movie, like kind of making some points about like broader societal issues. Uh, like, like he finds out he like is able to do a white voice really well, and that elevates him out of a crappy situation. But then he has to deal with issues of well, he can make his life better, but he can't really do a ton for the people around him, and that kind of thing. And then it turns into this whole fucking sci-fi metaphor for labor and the problems of capitalism, and. <sighs> I, I yeah I it, I'm still kind of processing it. Like I saw it almost a month ago now, and <coughs> it's crazy. Oh. Goes in tight. God. What did you guys think was the message in uh, the art show scene when, um. I don't know the actress's name, but the girlfriend in the Tessa film, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson does the white voice art uh, art show performance. When she's doing the performance, did she do the white voice? I thought no, she I, was. I don't remember. When she was like mingling, she was doing the white voice. Yeah, I thought she, she was like trying to appeal to her, you know, audience, the, the people that would be buying her art. But during the performance, I didn't remember. I thought you know. she. I thought she was. I. I. Th- I kind of remember her doing a British accent throughout, or like light British accent throughout that performance. Oh. But yeah, what? What was the metaphor there? I don't know if it's necessarily a metaphor. I know there's been literally art, like modern art installations, where it's literally like that sort of thing, where it's like someone just lets people do terrible things to them, and the people do terrible things to them. <laughs> So, I don't know. It's something. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's what you do for money or what you do for art, I guess. I mean, mm. Or that I you mean, can be abused. To me, I just, the whole movie was so, like art. I said, Uncanny Valley, that <laughs> it was always, like, anything that happened, I'm like, yeah, you know. In this universe, it seems like just about anything can happen, you know? So, when something like that goes on, I'm just like, yeah, rolling with it. I don't, I don't see anything different. I think... What do you think? Um, Lucas. Oh, okay. Uh, I think my only major criticism of the movie is that I think the beginning third of it might have dragged a little bit. Like... Uh, maybe like one last scene of them all just like hanging out and getting high or drinking at a bar like that could have been cut down a little bit but then again 
like all of that stuff yeah, I, the point of it is to kind of like set up the modernity of it how just like normal like the situation is at a glance so then when they do start introducing the more high concept stuff it 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 does feel like more of a twist yeah i mean it also was a it wasn't that long of a movie so if they started really chopping it down it'd get into like shorter territory because i think it was what hour 40 hour 50 was it an hour 50 yeah hour 50 okay Mm. yeah i don't know i think that that once again kind of goes into like the avant-garde play of not as goal-driven crazy like trying to get to the plot you know like classic three-act structure that sort of thing it felt like it was more you know playing around with the reality of that and also it's directed by a first-time director Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's gonna have interesting, like quirks that isn't gonna come from someone who's, like you know, Worked. been been put into one way to make movies for years and years and years now. Mm-hmm. So and it could be world building, like just creating this space that then is going to have all these differences from our reality. Yeah, they definitely set a lot of that up for me, at least. There was the slave labor mm. thing was introduced real, real early. So that right there was immediately like, okay, so this is like alternate reality and then just a bunch of like just semi-weird things happening throughout, I laugh. throughout the first act. And then the second act kind of ramped it up a little bit. And then the third act was like off the rails. <laughs> I laughed way harder than I should have. When uh, it was the bit in the movie where they're doing the MTV cribs of the slave labor facility. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that, that was pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know Jeez. if that was like kind of hinting at the fact that MTV, like, I think still continues to get a lot of money from for profit prisons. But. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Um, oh, Lord. The, the, the way it goes. Uh, is that back in, like, I want to say the 90s or early 2000s, MTV wasn't doing super great. Uh, but then they started getting a lot of investment money from companies that also had money in uh, for-profit uh, prisons. And then with the stipulation that MTV started airing more, like, uh, content glorifying, like, uh, thug life stuff or gangster activity and stuff like that. Ah. That doesn't seem particularly nice. No, it, yeah, not ah. great. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, the whole episode, or that part reminded me of um, the episode of Black Mirror. Um, was it like 500,000 credits or something like that? can't remember the exact title. But it's the one with um, Daniel Kaluuya uh, from Get Out. And it's very much like quasi-slave labor and they're all in camps and like you know there's there's like a way to work your way out of it but it doesn't really exist and all that stuff i I actually had a thousand credits that comparison never even crossed my mind but yeah this entire movie is kind of like the best possible extended version of a black mirror episode yeah it's 15 million merits is that episode Daniel Kaluuya. Interesting. Uh, I still need to check out Black Mirror and Get Out. Both on my list. That's pretty bad, man. 
Uh, wow. You gotta get those. Get those before you watch Always Sunny, probably. Y- you you can put Black Mirror on the back burner. You 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 need to watch a couple episodes of Black Mirror. You don't need to watch all of Black Mirror. I've I've seen I've seen a couple episodes of Black Mirror, but I haven't actually like sat down and watched through the whole thing. Mm. I mean, they're all. Yeah. It's, anthology. It's a, yeah, it's an anthology series, so everything's a new story. Although they have fun little uh, flashback stuff that makes more sense if you've seen all of it. Ah, uh, I didn't watch an episode that had flashbacks in it. I don't think. Not flashbacks, like but like references, references yeah, um, callbacks to previous things. The Black Museum, which was the season finale of season four, literally just has like a ton of stuff from throughout the history of the show. So, gotcha. No. Have they? Have they done a cryptocurrency episode yet? I mean, 15 Million Merits was kind of... I mean, it was well before crypto kind of became what it is, but I don't think so, no. I feel like they have a lot of fun with that concept, but all right. Yeah, I don't know. It's decentralized. Mm. I don't know. Would they just say, and then there's hackers? (laughs) I don't know where they go with it. I don't know. Something about, like, destroying the environment to create something that a broad swath of the society doesn't believe has any value. Destroying the... What? (laughs) Oh, dude, a report just came out that, like, oh, this year in crypto mining, the crypto mining industry put out as many carbon emissions as what the entire automotive industry did. Really? Yeah, like, they used up that much electricity, and most of that comes from coal, and that added electricity... Yeah. Not really bad for the environment. Um, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but it was some horrifically large number. Huh. But doesn't that just sound like a power grid issue and not a crypto issue? Um, maybe, but I think it's more getting to like the consumption of it. Crypto is as bad for the environment as the automotive industry. I don't know. No? I don't see anything on it. I mean, there's a lot of articles that are like, yeah, energy energy usage is huge. But, I mean, to me, that's just because our power grid is based on archaic forms of electricity generation, you know? If If we used renewable sources, then it wouldn't be particularly bad for the environment in comparison with all the other types of banking, paper notes and stuff. Sun King, give us more solar panels. Solar panels, wind power, nuclear power, anything. Anything. Maybe but not nuclear. Non-renewable resources that we have a very finite supply of. <laughs> An increasingly smaller finite supply of. Well, I mean, the world will die before we run out of them. <laughs> yeah. That's the golden part. That's what I loved, is when, like... Climate research became to a point where they're like, it went from, oh, we're worried that we're going to run out of gasoline to, oh, I mean, we won't because the world will end before that. We'll we'll just die. That was a great moment. They're like, I guess we don't have to worry about conserving gasoline. (laughs) Like, we'll have enough to make it to the end of the world. (laughs) It's just that the more of it we use, the more quickly we get there. 
Yeah, so might as well use as much as we can to speed up the slow crawl of inevitable doom. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Voluntary viewing. <laughs> go 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 see or buy Get Out. Um, terrific film. Yeah. Feels like it shouldn't have been made. Just yeah, check it out. Not only does it feel like it shouldn't have been made, it feels like it shouldn't have been successful. But oh my god, yep. it did so well, and I'm so happy that it did because it's seriously awesome. How do you think the Oscars are gonna are gonna treat it? Uh, it, it was it already. Oh, it was in last year's pre- presentation. Oh really? Yeah. It won Best Screenplay. Yeah. Best Original Screenplay. And it was nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't win. I thought it should have won, honestly. I thought it was the Best best Picture in my book. I forgot it it had a limited run. Shape of Water and Three Billboards were the favorites, and then Get Out was the Dark Horse. Hmm. But, yeah. For your consideration. Gotta love it. And also, Get Out wasn't expected to be what it was so it released in the summer so it was like way out of voters minds by the time oscar season rolled around yeah but i would definitely be willing to give it a rewatch yeah i definitely want to check it out or three (laughs) rewatch or three couple of rewatches yeah baker's dozen baker's dozen uh, Hungry Man's Dozen Can't remember what that was There's some joke in there Lost it <laughs> Six of one Half a dozen of the other I don't know what that means I don't either I think that means something <laughs> It's the same six, Doesn't six, it mean a dozen? It means I always half say a six or, ha- or half a dozen yeah. Why would you say half a dozen When you can just say six? Well, because they mean the same thing, but half a dozen sounds more sophisticated. Half a dozen is four times the amount of syllables. Yeah, but it's more sophisticated. Why do we use words that are more sophisticated to explain things? Nuance. I mean, you use you use words that are more sophisticated when you need to get a specific point across, and those words are better suited to get your point across, whereas six <laughs> is much better suited to get your point across than half a dozen. You use eloquent language when you need to get a specific emotion. Like you say morose instead of sad because you're looking for a specific type of sad. Not, you're not saying half a dozen because you're looking for a specific type of six. <laughs> Next Battlefield game. Battlefield. Half a dozen. <laughs> half D. Half D. <laughs> then it's only twice the amount of syllables. Half so D. much better. What about HD? Battlefield yeah, HD. Battlefield HD. That's not going to confuse anyone. <laughs> and then put Roman numerals on there. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, th- and then you go the Call of Duty route and you make the Roman numerals wrong. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> Black Ops 4. It's just four tally marks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> eh, they don't trust their audience. <laughs> oh, God. They know, they, ought to, they know their audience. Exactly. If, if if that's what you think of your audience, can't imagine that your um, gameplay stylings are going to be very highbrow. Hey, do you think our audience will be offended if we put a level in this game where you kill a bunch of people at a U.S. airport? I mean, other people are going to care, but our audience is going to be fine with it. They're not going to bat an eye. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. I love it. 
I think we're winding down. Um, follow us on Twitter at V2 underscore podcast. For the love of God, send us a question at uh, voluntary view, not at voluntary, uh, voluntary viewing at gmail.com so we don't end up riffing in this just spiral of conversation and can be a little more organized. Please. Please, someone listen. Well, I just noticed this was episode 13. It's a lucky episode to start on. Yeah. Woo. The isn't, it, oh. isn't it a lucky episode or a lucky number for Jewish people? Mm. I like I the number. Was. In the book thief, it was. Huh. I read that. That was a good book. Did you like the book thief? That that could be my breakout. Is that I read the book thief, and it was really good. Huh. And really, really sad. In yeah. the ending, I read while I was amongst coworkers, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't like this. Oh, I don't like that I really have to hold back emotions. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's more of a quiet evening at home book. Yeah. Well. Worth a read. Mm. Everyone should do it. Yeah, apparently 13 might be a lucky number or something. Hmm. It says in Italy. In some countries, such as Italy, 13 is considered a lucky number. Hmm. The expression... Fare to DC, to do 13 means to hit the jackpot. Wait, how did you say 13? It says Fare to DC. And I don't think you're pronouncing that right. How do you pronounce it, Mr. Italy? <laughs> um, Hold on. How do you pronounce it? You're still not trying. Oh, Tredici? Tredici. What's, what's the first word? Oh, for, oh, you know, you had Fare, right? Fare just means to do or to make. Ah. I'm I'm looking 13. at the Jew I'm I'm like half half in the, this page of on the Jewish thing of like the thirteen significance, sorry. Ah. And then seventeen takes thirteen's place as an unlucky number in Italy. Uh so total fucking tangent but related. Um I'm reading JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part five right now to kind of prepare for the upcoming uh, season of the anime. And it all takes place in Italy. But it's like the author's idea of what Italy is. God. Like I don't think he did any research. Why do the Japanese never understand Italians? <laughs> so you got Mario, you got JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mario was very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So every character, even background ones, are just wearing these insane outfits. Lord. <laughs> like ridiculous high fashion that you'd be like oh yeah very maybe very wealthy people in Europe in Italy would wear these but not just like random people on the street going about their business yeah. um, and then that's also really juxtaposed with the fact that it's like uh, oh yeah this is also going to be a mob story so like every third character is a gangster too oh boy yes that gotta love exciting. that representation that sounds exciting now you're going to get the, what's it called? The Italian Anti-Defamation, whatever. The League. Yeah, Italian Anti-Defamation League, right? Is that a thing? It was, I think. I don't know if it still is. I think it still is. Um, oh, but then they were sued by the Anti-Defamation League, which is the Jewish organization. <laughs> uh, oh. Another thing of note that I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm really... Uh, interested to see if like this gets weird at all um the story takes place in 2001 
uh, however the author wrote it in 1999. So I'm wondering if there are going to be any like weird instances where it's like, oh, what 2001 actually ended up being the, uh, a moment like this just wouldn't happen or really shouldn't have included that in a story that takes place in 2001. Are the characters going to find themselves in the Twin Towers at all? I, somebody hijacks a plane or something, and a streeter is like, yeah, the good guy is doing that. Just something like really, really accidentally tone deaf. That'll happen. And I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Can't wait. Excited. But you're going to have to wait till next time for episode 14 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'm Lucas. Have a nice day. And I'm Ryan. Oh, hey, you actually said your name. Uh, the, the, the bit wasn't, oh. wasn't uh, far enough going. I couldn't possibly keep it going for dozens of more episodes. Oh, well, I'm Ian, then. I don't know what bit it is, but I'm going to pronounce my name. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Cool.